today's gonna be a little different. We're gonna have a little bit of fun with it. It's gonna be a very early look at the depth chart prediction for the offense and defense. It's eight months in advance. Don't take it too seriously. Have fun. Have some fun. You you get back to me with it before we get to recapping Florida versus Alabama from Wednesday night. Only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts and YouTube and subscribe there and Happy Friday. I'm Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com where you can find all my written work. And again, uh, release, I'm, I'm changing it around, having some fun with it because screw it, why not? Uh, podcast audio releases at 3 a.m. Eastern time wherever you listen to podcasts. And YouTube, we're putting it at 8 a.m. so that I can actually be in the chat with people having a little bit of fun when it launches and when it premieres. So that's what we're doing. But uh, getting right into it now, offensive depth chart prediction. Again, this is eight months in advance. Don't take it too seriously. Don't get too upset with it. Uh, I'm not accounting for people that we might be bringing in as transfers. So Osiris is not in here. And yeah, just have some fun with the quarterback. I'm going Anthony Richardson. Whether or not Emory Jones transfers, irrelevant. Jack Miller III, irrelevant here. Uh... Carlos Aguirre, Wilson, Jalen Kidna, irrelevant here. I think Anthony Richardson would win a quarterback battle, especially because this one will actually be a fair quarterback battle where the true winner will win. It won't be Dan Mullen, you know, promising a kid and uh, promising a kid from three, four years ago, like, hey, you're going to be my starting QB. And then sticking true to that promise four years later, which is great. Like, it, it's, it's awesome to stick to a promise, but it ultimately costs you your job. But hey, at least you got that. Uh, running back, I'm going to give it to Naquan Wright right now. I know Lorenzo Glengard and Demarcus Bowman are guys that everyone loves, but uh, with Damian Pierce gone, Malik Davis declared. Um, I, I think Naquan Wright wins. He's got the most experience. Uh, but again, it's going to be a very open competition at running back as well because this is, again, it's a different system, kind of kind of different run system, probably going to be um, less fun, I guess, but it, it's still going to be you know zone-based system. We're probably going to see more wide zone than usual which is great because the NFL is trending towards wide zone. So if you get offensive linemen and running backs that can work in a wide zone, you're going to get more guys drafted. And in turn, that's going to help your recruiting. Be like, hey, you want to play in the NFL? You come to Florida, which is, I mean, that should be the case anyway. But uh, wide receivers, Xavier Henderson and Justin Shorter on the outside with Trent Whittemore in the slot. That's just where I'm at. I, I think Marcus Burke is going to get a pretty hefty amount of playing time. But uh, those are the three guys that I think are going to be the biggest contributors at receiver, uh, Xavier Henderson and Justin Shorter on the outside are going to be huge, especially if Anthony Richardson is the starting quarterback. I went through this earlier this season where I said, you know, Anthony Richardson, he's not a super accurate guy, but but he's going to test you deep. You have a big-bodied receiver that can make contested catches. That's going to be big. And I think that Xavier Henderson and Justin Shorter, they're, they're those dudes. I got that They are the alphas when the ball goes in the air. So, Fully expect them to be the starting outside receivers with Trent Whittemore starting in the slot. And then looking at tight end, I'm putting Kamori Gamble here. Um, I, I get it that he's still up in the air. You know, I thought he would go pro previously because I thought he was out of eligibility. But he said he's got one more year of eligibility should he choose to use it. Um, and he hasn't made a decision yet. But I, I think he comes back to college. Um, 
I think he's leaning towards coming back to college. Not that I have any inside edge on it, but I, I think he comes back to college. Um, you know, I, I think he had a very strong year, especially towards the end. He really picked up as a receiver. But I, I think if he has one more year in college, one more year similar to this one, I, I think NFL teams are going to have to really take notice. And again, this is a very good senior tight end group specifically, which is why Kimari Gamble was not invited to the senior bowl, or at least to this point, he still hasn't been invited. Um, but that that could still change. But I've been told that... Uh, it's a deep senior tight end group and it was too deep to get Kimura Gamble an invite to Mobile. But if he comes back for one more year, maybe he can get a spot in Mobile. And again, Mobile is a fantastic place to kind of, kind of help stop, help raise your stock a bit there. Offensive tackles. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to say this now. I was going to say it at the end of this segment, but I'm going to say it now. Offensive line, ugly, ugly position group this past year. No doubt about it. It's going to take more than one offseason to fix. So the offensive line is going to be very similar to what it was this year. I think tackles, we've got Richard Garage and Michael Tarkin. I think guards, you've got Ethan White and Josh Braun. And I think center, we've got Kingsley Egwakun. Not that I think that's a good group at all. Um, really hoping some transfers come in, multiple transfers come in. Uh, maybe the freshman can get on the field, although I'm not super confident about that one. But uh yeah, I'm, I'm not super confident in this offensive line group at all. Uh, luckily, I think Billy Napier is going to do a pretty solid job of scheming around what they can do and what they can't do, and hopefully uh, hopefully being able to um, minimize the damage that this offensive line group can do. But I will say also next year, the running backs, you got your work cut out for you because this year, Damian Pierce, you know, he, he had a stellar um, yards after contact season. And uh, I, I just, I don't know how this, how this running back group is going to replicate what they did this year behind an offensive line. It's going to be very similar to the offensive line group that they had this past season. Um, I'm just going to hope Billy Napier putting so much emphasis on this offensive line can get them at least in some kind of better shape for this coming season. Cause they are going to desperately need it, especially with quarterback still being a question mark. I get it. We like Anthony Richardson. He's still not great. So quarterback's still a question mark. So we're, we're going to see where that goes with running backs too. And the offensive line, it's, it's going to be a fun next eight months. Hey, Gators fans. I'm here with an incredible app. Everyone needs to, everyone needs to, if you get gas, you need to do this. Get Upside. That is the app. Search Get Upside, G-E-T-U-P-S-I-D-E, because you can make up to 25 cents cash back per gallon every time you fill up. That's you know, you get upside, G-E-T-U-P-S-I-D-E. Even if you use the code SCORE, S-C-O-R-E, that will get you 50 cents per gallon cash back your first time filling up, which I mean, hey, I work in finance. I'm just letting you know, if you want to be fiscally responsible, wait till you need to really fill up and then use code SCORE and use get upside as the app that will help you get cash back whenever you fill it up. Some people are making hundreds of dollars back every month. You can get it in your bank account, PayPal, an e-gift card, an Amazon, another brand. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. 
Anybody else make money this past weekend? I know I didn't really, but I kind of did, but I kind of didn't. It's been a very tumultuous time here uh, here with me on Bet Online. I know if you listened to yesterday's episode, you can hear Zach and I talk about a, a rough trip that I had one time. But um, obviously, Florida this season has thrown a whole lot of wrenches into my plans. Florida at one point during the Alabama game, looked like they were storming back and and it was like still towards the end of the first half. Like they looked like they were like getting, getting it together. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to live bet Florida money line. Guess what they didn't do win. So I didn't get that. That was really fun. Uh, it's the best way to place your bets and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports experts. Make sure to use promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D. No space. Oh, and looking at the defensive side of the ball, um, people are probably going to hate me for this one, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be a defense that rotates a ton. Like there's going to be a lot of players coming in and out of this game incessantly. So um, don't stress too much about it. Also don't stress about it too much because again, it's eight months away, but I'm just having fun and I'm almost definitely completely wrong but looking at the edges first that's where i decided to start i don't know why but that's where i'm starting uh brenton cox jr is likely coming back and i know that it's been pretty much announced he's coming back but that was right before the florida state game that i saw it um and i mean florida state and ucf he played two hell of games there uh so maybe he leaves but i still think he's coming back so brenton Brenton cox jr and Princely Uman Malin is going to be on the other side. It would have been awesome if it was Chris Bogle, but he is, of course, now at Michigan State. But Princely and Brenton Cox Jr. will be the edge rushers or the primary edge rushers in this scheme. We're going to see a lot of rotation. Like that, that's without a doubt. There's going to be a lot of rotating at the edge and on this line and at every level of this defense, really. So I think Brenton Cox Jr. and Princely see the most snaps, but uh it, it's it's gonna be a very rotation-heavy defense here. The interior defensive line. I've got Javon Dexter, which is very obviously the favorite to be a starting D-tackle here. Um, the other D-tackle, I don't have Jalen Lee listed there. Uh, I, I have Desmond Watson there. I, I think that with this strength and conditioning program and the eight months that he's got coming and and the strides that he's made so far, like getting his weight down and getting back in the check there, uh, I, I think he's going to be a very good nose tackle. And I think with Javon Dexter, Brenton Cox Jr., and Prince Liam and Mealin, you need a nose tackle there, and I think Desmond Watson could be a fantastic one. Uh, so I think Desmond Watson is, I think Jalen Lee is going to rotate in a lot. Don't get me wrong there, but I, I think Desmond Watson is going to be the primary nose tackle in the system with Javon Dexter as a more of a three tech, which is like a pass rushing D tackle for those who don't know. And then Brent Cox Jr., Prince Liam, and Melian are going to be the edge rushers there. Um, I think it's an awesome defensive line. Uh, the only question mark would be Desmond Watson or Jalen Lee. And I have no problem with that being a question mark, given that they would both be uh, pretty much tasked with the with the zero tech or the nose tackle spot. Looking at linebackers, uh, this is going to be insanely rotation heavy. Uh, I've got six names listed here. Uh, this is a one deep, maybe two deep depth chart, but I got six names listed. I think the starters are going to be Tyron Hopper and Ventrell Miller. I think they'll be the starting off ball linebackers in Patrick Tony's defense. But again, this specifically is going to be such a rotation heavy 
position group. We're going to see Shamar James rotate in. We're going to see Scooby Williams rotate in. We're going to see Derek Wingo rotate in. We're going to see Chief Borders rotate in, along with, again, Tyron Hopper and Vince Rumbler starting as the inside linebackers. It's going to be very, very rotation heavy. Um, I, I think that that's a great thing because I think that there's maybe not a ton of top talent in this linebacker group, but I, or at least not yet. I, I like the young guys we got specifically chief borders and Shamar James, but uh, I, I think depth wise, we have a great linebacker group. Um, but I, again, I think there's not a ton of top talent there just yet, but depth wise, I think we've got a lot of talent. I think it's going to be great because I don't think there's a big drop off between linebacker one and linebacker six. I, I really, I think they're very close talent wise right now. So Tyron Hopper, Van Trumbuller will, I think, be the starters. They would be the starters right now if I had to say. But Shamar James is going to rotate in, and I think by the end of the year, he might be a starter. And then Scooby Williams, Derek Mango. Scooby Williams, I think, has got to add on some weight. But uh, again, finally a good strength and conditioning program with solid nutrition plan. So not super worried about the weight changes that we need to see. But Scooby Williams, uh Derek Wingo and Chief Borders, I think, are all going to play a solid amount. Chief Borders, I think, might play more than people are expecting at this point. But, uh, yeah, I'm very high on this linebacker potential, I'll say. I don't want to say I'm high on the group because, I'm, like I said, there's not a ton of top talent there. But hopefully they won't be the Achilles heel of this defense this year. Looking at cornerbacks, I have stars separated. Um, so looking at outside corners here, Jason Marshall – and then I know, I, I know people are going to hate me for this one. Um, but corner two, I don't have Jaden Hill listed there. I have Avery Helm listed there. I'm a very big fan of Avery Helm. We know this. Um, but yeah, Jaden Hill is still in the rotation for me. Again, they're going to be rotated very often. This is a very good corner group. Imagine if Kyrie Elam came back with it too. It, it'd be insane. We'd have maybe the best top four corner group in college football, but Jason Marshall, Avery Helm are the primary corners for me. Jaden Hill is going to rotate. And again, Jaden Hill is going to play a lot of snaps. Like there's going to be times where it's Jason Marshall and Avery Helm on the field. Uh, Jason Marshall and Jaden Hill on the field. Avery Helm and Jaden Hill on the field. So there's going to be a lot of rotating here. I just think Jason Marshall and Avery Helm will be the primary starters on the outside. And then looking at star, I think Trevez Johnson, I, I don't have, I don't know how you can say, eh, no, not him. I, I, I don't know how you can act like he's not the best star on this team. Uh, Jadarius Perkins, I like you. I think I love his versatility. Jadarius Perkins specifically, I think he can play star. He can move back to safety and it'll be a pretty seamless transition for him. But Travis Johnson is still, he he's still that dude in this defense in this, at the nickel spot. Um, but I, I think Travis Johnson gives us a very good star in college and could be a very good star in the NFL. But I think we see Travis Johnson maybe take the next step in this scheme and then looking at the safeties um if you saw my tweet from wednesday night um as i said i think that florida might have the best safety duo in college football under patrick tony with trey dean and rashad torrance the second because trey dean is coming back to school for one more year he's coming back to gainesville and rashad torrance is of course not yet draft eligible and i think he's one of the best safeties in football as it is but rashad torrance the second trey dean they're both coming back and i think that they are stellar i genuinely think that uh I, I know Trey Dean people were like oh like um but after my tweet people were like oh uh Trey Dean is you know he can't tackle and he can't cover uh you're wrong but have fun with that uh I just <laughs> I don't know the our safeties 
led the team in solo tackles, which isn't a great metric, but they led the team in solo tackles. They were not, but he was like one missed tackle per game. You can't tell me Trey Dean can't tackle. And they'd be like, Oh, Rashad Torrance is a fantastic tackler. Because if you look at the metrics, missed tackle percentage wise, they're pretty similar and pretty much identical. So what the hell are you talking about? Especially because Trey Dean had like a bad game here and there. Like against Alabama, he missed multiple tackles and he had a bad game. Against Kentucky, you look at the Wandale Robinson screen, he had a bad play there. I don't want to say bad game, but bad. So he's been, I mean, Trey Dean specifically has been very high piece, low valleys, but I think with better coaching, which he will get because he gets to work directly with Patrick Tony, and it's already a very safety-friendly scheme. So Trey Dean, Rashad Torrance the second, they're going to be great in this system. Donovan McMillan and Kamari Wilson and uh, and Corey Collier, they're all going to play a lot because also rotation-heavy group still. And then you look at safeties with under Patrick Tony, Donovan McMillan, Kamari Wilson, we could have all four, Trey Dean, Rashad Torrance, Donovan McMillan, and Kamari Wilson on the field at the same time because Patrick Tony has no problem playing three or four safeties at once. So this is – I love the defense right now. I love how it looks. I'm, I'm very bought into the scheme itself. I'm very bought into the coaching staff here. Again, we're eight months out from the from the season. We've got plenty of time. Things are going to change. You know, there are going to be guys that take massive leaps when we get to spring ball and all that stuff. And it's going to be great. But I mean, I, I like the defense. I like how it looks. And again, it's going to be very rotation heavy. And I'm almost definitely wrong. So don't take it too personal. Don't take it to heart. Don't get too upset about things. But uh, I, I like the defense. I'm very worrisome about the offense, specifically the offensive line and quarterback group. And it's like, oh, the two worst positions to be uh, suspect at in football. Great. That looks wonderful for Florida next year. It is the new year, and that means it's New Year's resolution time. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, whatever it may be, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. I'm really bad at keeping my New Year's resolutions every year because every year I hate myself and I have a massive sweet tooth. So if I want to get fit, I'm going to ruin it almost immediately. This year, I've been all right though so far. I've, I've been pretty solid so far. Granted, I had COVID and wasn't eating much during it, but whatever, whatever. We're at. But now I get to eat Built Bar as to kind of soothe my sweet tooth. My sweet tooth. It's already covered in 100% chocolate. It's amazing. And most bars have 130 calories, which is four net carbs. That's what matters to me more than anything else. Carbs, net carbs matter more than anything else to me. It's also got 17 grams of protein. Throw out the hidden stashes of Reese's, Kit Kat, Snickers, wherever they may be whatever they may be, and just put Built Bar. You don't have to sneak around. You don't have to be grimy and none of that. Just Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors too, so you'll never get bored of the same old thing. And if you want the same old thing, how about it? Go ahead. I don't care. It's your stomach. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off of your next order at Built or BuiltBar.com. Now to wrap up today's show, we're going to take a look at Florida versus Alabama's recap from Wednesday. If you want the preview for Florida versus Auburn, look at yesterday's episode. Things were a little crisscross because we did crossover Thursday. So Zach Blackaby and I from Lockdown Auburn looked at that yesterday. But uh, now we're talking about Florida versus Alabama. And um, I'm going to say this before I get into it at all, really. My bad, y'all. Um, it's all me. I, I take the blame. I'm, I'll raise my hand. I'll take the foul. It's fine. That's my fault. Um 
I was watching the game and Bama took a big lead. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to shut the game off. You know, I, I was like, I'm going to shut the game off for a bit because I do this, whether it's Gators football, Gators basketball, Gators baseball, New York Giants football, Knicks basketball, Mets baseball, whatever it is. If my team's getting kind of stomped a little bit, I'll be like, all right, I'm going to shut it off. Maybe it's because I'm watching, you know, maybe they're just nervous playing the game in front of me. Like maybe they know I'm watching. They're like, oh God, I can't, that's so much pressure. I don't know what it is, but I turned the game off for a bit. I was like, all right, I'm going to watch The Office. The new super fan episodes came out. Um, Florida started their comeback. They got, they, they had their comeback going and I was like, all right, I'm going to put the game back on. Alabama started separating again. So I was like, okay, Florida, they, they knew I did it. I don't know how they, someone on the sidelines telling them, but they knew it. I turned the game back on. So I shut the game back off. Florida started coming back again. And they, the, the lead was just too much for Florida to overcome. So for that, I apologize for costing Florida a win there. That's, that's all me, guys. Sorry. I apologize. I suck. I get it. It's fine. The final score is Alabama 83, Florida 70. Not great. Uh, Colin Castleton was, of course, the leading scorer for the Gators with 19 points on 7 of 10 shooting, which is fantastic. By the way, shooting-wise, he wasn't without fault. There was that one time where the Gators were on a fast break, and he was just wild. And he was just like, right stick to the left, right stick to the right. And he was just going for stuff, and then he laid it up and missed. Um, but I, I'm not going to kill you for that. I don't care that, that a center messed up a fast break. Um, he, had about eight, he had about 7 rebounds, and that's fine. But 5 of them were offensive. He only had two defensive rebounds in the entire game. And I bring that up specifically because Alabama, specifically in the first half, but throughout a lot of the game, they were just having their way on the offensive boards. They were, they were just demolishing offensively with getting their offensive rebounds after their misses. And it's like Florida was forcing misses specifically early on. Florida was forcing misses. And then Alabama would just get their rebounds and just keep getting these second chance points and all these opportunities. And it was killing Florida. You know what else was killing Florida? Myron Jones. I like Myron Jones. I, I, I had no problem with him getting transferred over or him transferring over here. I like what he can do. I like that he's a primary ball handler. But he is so frustrating. Like, he's got a, a ton of potential. But you know who he reminds me of? J.R. Smith. He's, he's got that J.R. Smith factor where he can go off at times. Like he could shoot like 65% from the field and, and he's taking a lot of shots and, and he's just going off at times. But he is so wildly inconsistent. I mean, last night he shot four for 14 from the field. I believe it was three for 11 from three. And it, it, it's just so frustrating with him because... I, I just don't know what to do. I'm out of carrots and I'm out of sticks. I don't know what to do here. We're getting to a point where I'm pretty comfortable saying that this Florida Gators team just is not built for a deep run. And we knew that going into the year. And then they gave us false hope with a hot start going six and zero to start the year. Uh, and then since then, it's just been a disappointment. They're three and four since then. Um, they're just not built for a deep run unless there are some serious changes made. And I know Gators fans. Um, I want you to know. I'm not saying the serious changes made need to be uh, <clears throat> the, the the fire Mike White stance. That is not a fire Mike White stance at all. That is a bench Myron Jones stance. Uh, I got it, and he's a very good rebounding guard as well. But I mean, with the turnovers, the missed shots, the just poor decisions, 
I, I think he might be better coming off the bench for a bit. I'm not saying permanently bench him, but get him on the bench for a bit. Let him get his bearings. Let him get grounded a little bit and let him know, like, hey, like your leash is not just infinite. Like You, you got to dial it back a bit. So I, I think it's a bench Myron Jones stance, a light of fire under Colin Castleton uh, stance, which I get it. You know, 19 points and 7 for 10 shooting is great. Rebounding needs to improve. Uh, his shot selection was fine against Alabama, but he's had a lot of questionable shots this year. So I, I think that, you know, as good as Colin Castleton is, as much as I love him, as much as I'm ready for him to be an NBA player next year, uh, I, I think there are a lot of questions with this team still. And I think those are the two guys you think of when you're like, who are the stars of this team? It's Myron Jones and Colin Castleton are the two biggest X factors here. And they've got to step up. They've got to get more consistent. They got to do whatever they got to do, but they've got to get better. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Almost on Monday is we'll talk about, I don't want to make any promises. I don't know what's going to happen. We could have Kair declare. Kair says he's coming back. Emery declare or Emery transfer or declare or say he's coming back. There's a lot of things. So we're going to talk about Florida Gators. That's what I'll promise you. Now make your second listen Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling for Lockdown Gators. I am Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E and I on eSports. And I will see you all tomorrow. Well, Monday. <laughs>